Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So before you hire, you need a clear understanding of what you need and why. What is needed needs to be focused on the work that needs to be accomplished. And the why is what helps to prioritize that level of importance. The most crucial part of the recruiting process is defining what is really needed, and it's often overlooked. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to identify specific problems and provide tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts, brain <laughs> fart, like our guest today, Greg Tursarian. Tarusian. Tarusian. Mouthful. I practiced it I know. and I blew it. We just did it. <laughs> I know, eight times. <laughs> Director of Talent Acquisition for Sweetgreen. Uh, Greg has spent the better part of a decade recruiting for technical positions across software, IT, and hardware verticals. His career started in the UK as an agency recruiter working with companies in various industries and different growth strategies. And he's currently the director of talent acquisition at Sweetgreen, where he oversees the team and manages all corporate hiring for technical and non-technical teams. Greg, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I needed somebody else who had a great accent like mine. So. <laughs> Glad I could help. <laughs> That's why I needed to bring you on. <laughs> all right. Today, we're going to cover defining the what and the why. We want to know what what is needed and why. And then we're going to talk about our methods for defining and prioritizing roles. So we're going to delve into really building a job description. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Uh, the scorecard. Let's talk a little bit about the problem, which is I find most hiring managers don't really know what they need. Yeah. 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 I mean, I simply put it that way, but I, I feel like they do know what they need, but they just need to be coached out to you need to pull out that information. It's the, they're aware of it. They don't know how to communicate it. They don't know how to help someone help them find that person. It could be just because they have the he open head count too. Yeah. That it's really, I, I got to get this position filled and I just don't want to take the time to find what it is. Yeah. And sometimes the, the you know, when you're thinking about head count, people just put numbers in there and they're like, right now I need to fill these roles and just bring me a person, be someone that looks like this. <laughs> we work with a lot of startups. We go in and, okay, let's talk about what the work is that needs to be done. They're, they get Their eyes get glassed over. They're like, we just need somebody to do this work. Okay, what's the work? Yeah, right. There's, right. This, there's this vision for what the product is going to so look like or you, down the road. You must have it planned out, right? No. No. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. And then that's why, unfortunately, you go through those waves of hiring, 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 and it's like, okay, things go quiet. We have to lay people off. We have to go back again, back to the drawing board and figure out what we need. So, Well, and then you end up making a lot of bad hires. So I read a statistic not too long ago where it said hiring managers only has about a 50% chance of making the right hire. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think if you just take a standard hiring manager, I'd probably say it was lower than 50%, <laughs> unfortunately. And it depends what your metric is for a, the right hire or a good hire, you know, retention. They're probably or, looking at whether or not somebody makes it past 90 days. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd what? probably say that's accurate. Then, If it's just a 90-day, but you want someone that's actually going to add value and 30, stay. That's why a lot of recruiting firms only have 30-day guarantees. Oh, yeah. Because it's not our problem after that, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's yeah. so very true. So I need a person like so and so. Find me another Jim who uh -huh. works over there or yeah. another Pat, right? We used to say, bring me another rock. 
That's what he's like, I like this rock. Bring me another one like that. It's like, it's never going to work that way. You've already got your unique snowflake. You're not mm-hmm. going to find another snowflake. For sure. You need somebody who's going to complement or augment that snowflake. And it's normally a lack of effort thing. Like, I like this person, what they do, what they bring to the table, etc. Just bring me another one like that. And it's like, well, why do you need the same of that person? Take a step back and think about what are they going to be doing? Why do you like that person? What would actually add to the team instead of just bring me the same thing again. Why do you, why are you duplicating someone? And uh, there is no duplication of one person anyway. No, never not at all. Be. <laughs> not at all. You've got to start thinking about growth for that person. Uh-huh. You know, how are you going to augment their work and how are you going to keep them motivated and challenged? Because right. retention is a huge piece huge. that people don't think of once they have them in the seat. Yeah. And people like me <laughs> take advantage of yeah. the fact that you and you, of course, we take advantage of the fact that they don't pay attention mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Like you mentioned <laughs> stats earlier, there's always these reports, there's always these articles going on out there about engagement and retention. And like, even if we find, if, I lose out to someone else, another hiring manager or company, then they take a candidate that I've been working on. If I don't reach back out to that person in their 60, 30, 60, 90 days to see if they're happy or if I really wanted that person, it's such an easy hire to make if they're not onboarded properly, not happy, or if they've made the wrong decision for just money, for example. You know, such an easy person to pick out from a company. because See, that one's always a dangerous one to me, the money piece. Which is why if someone's gone somewhere else for money... And they realize it's not everything is, you know, supposed to be that, that was sold to them. Oh, yeah. Right. And it never is. Never is. Uh, especially if, hey, here's a note to you guys. If the company is selling you a bill of goods and they're beating everybody else's offer, there's a pretty good chance that you're walking into a shit stop. Oh, my gosh. And you said that about scaling quickly as well. I mean, there's a long list in LA and we won't name companies, but... Oh, let's name them. No, let's, let's <laughs> not do that. Uh, I know people at them, but they scale way too quickly, right? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the recruiters, it, it's a double-edged sword because you look great because you hire so many people, but then after the fact, you're like, well, there's no real level of quality control. You know, I've hired, oh, I hired 40 people that month. Great. But did you hire them or did you just push resumes across and they were hired? And then... They were order takers. Right. And then right? And they were just shuffled through the process. Yep. And then there's high and offers going out. That like ends that. up costing the company a lot more money. Oh my God. Yeah. In the long run, let's say 50% of them work out. Mm-hmm. You still have to retrain, repurpose those other 50%. It's the knowledge loss as well. If you have people that are heading up projects or they're managing teams, or if you hire someone, a senior leader, and they bring a team with them, and then they decide to leave because they're like, this place is a mess, they're going to take their team as well. The well, team's going to follow suit. Here's the challenge that I've seen with scaling is that you've got a couple really key people that are really good. Mm-hmm. And then you have this hiring push and you just push a lot of people in there to get the work done. That really good person's going to get frustrated because yeah. they're going to have to carry more of the load. Right. And they're going to be surrounded by probably B minus C mm-hmm. players, mm-hmm. maybe even D players yeah. who just happen to be nice. Yeah. And then they get frustrated and they leave. Yeah. Now, what are you stuck with? Exactly. Crap. Right. Right. <laughs> you can always tell that. Now, I'm not they... saying people are crap. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> the output. Yeah. And you can always tell that from their recommendation or their referrals that they give once they leave somewhere. There's always like one key person. Like, I'll refer that person. And you're like, but you had such a large team. Yeah, but I wouldn't refer, I wouldn't want to work with them again. Yeah. And that speaks volumes, right? All right, let's shift gears a little yeah. bit and let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about. Because yeah. we, you and I can sit down and talk about Just this forever. Going I'm down rabbit sure. holes, yeah. 
Well, we talked a little bit about the why. Let's talk about the why. And and I think this is a question that doesn't get answered when when you go in and you sit in front of a hiring manager. Why do you have this role open? Mm-hmm. Why is this important to get this done? I have work that needs to be done, but why is this important to you? Right. How do we prioritize this? And what's the level of importance to this work getting done to the company? Because mm-hmm. really, it's about the business. Right. And yeah, it's not about some side project or something like that, or someone just picking up work that's not being done, what impacts this going to have? Is it something that's integral? Is someone else doing the work right now? Is it a brand new project? And that's important. But where does that fit on the company's priority list? Let's sit down and actually, so let's talk about outlining this, because Mm -hmm. I think this is a really important thing. I'd like to give our audience or give entrepreneurs or executives that are out there at least a better clue as to, okay, look, we need to plan for this first. So let's think about how do you sit down and write a job description? A job description is not a wish list of skills. So get yourself out of that mind. It's not yeah. something that you reuse that you posted nine months ago. Uh-huh. It's something that you really need to like put some thought into. Yeah, And plan. Definitely. Just like you're planning your funding. Mm-hmm. You spend more time planning what, what you're going to wear to work in the morning <laughs> than, you do, than you do writing job descriptions. Yeah. For the most part. And it's so important that, I mean, I was listening to one of your other shows and you were talking about one of your other episodes and the difference between a job ad and a job description. It needs to be enticing. It <laughs> yeah. needs to be, it needs to outline the bulk of the work, the bulk of the role, what it's going to look like to someone and why it's important. Well, if you look at a job board, uh-huh. don't you get grossed out? Oh, by looking at, oh God, you look yeah. at these job postings, you're like, oh, you must have this yeah. and you must, must I, have I this must not have anything. Yeah, like, right. are, okay, great. You're a company with a name. That's awesome. Uh-huh. But like, I've never heard of your, I mean, some of these companies are like little, yeah. little rinkening companies that are saying like holding this high bar and this uh-huh. high standard, like we are the best thing in the world and yeah. you need to fall into our, right, you know, whatever. Right, right. Um, I'm at a loss for words. You got me <laughs> verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that falls back on the recruiters. Though. And unfortunately, you don't know what you don't know. So some yeah. of these hiring managers aren't having to recruit or it might be the first time they've had to recruit or they join a company that doesn't have someone in their people team, HR team or recruiting team that can actually guide them and say, let's make this a little bit sexier. Let's make this more enticing. Let's, you know, would you apply to that? It's a yeah. simple question. Is that what you're writing going to make you want to apply? No, well, initially it's the executive. The responsibility r- lies on them first, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they got to track people. For sure. And then, then it's going to flow through to once you get some staff, mm-hmm. maybe you can op- offload some of that to an admin, right. teach them how to do that. Yeah. But it's on the executives and the hiring managers. Yeah. Yeah. first and foremost for sure they need to they need to think about why would anyone want to be in this team why would that's a different why right why i have this role open great but why is anyone else going to leave their job for this job and, and all they have is the job description to go by initially hey if you're just joining us in the live stream of the podcast you're listening to the higher power radio show i'm your host rick gerard and we're talking to greg Tarusian, the Got director it. of talent acquisition at Sweet, <laughs> Sweet Green. I practiced that your last name like 85 times today, man. This is going to be like... It's great. I do this all the time. Like I have at least one burp you know, like, on a daily basis. Let's talk about what's needed. So when you're sitting down and you're planning as a business leader, you need to start thinking about the work that needs to get accomplished. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you need to outline all that work and then prioritize it. Yeah. Definitely. What's next? For the hiring manager? Yeah. 
Or the, or the recruiter. I mean, the recruit, you know, you're writing a job if, description. If I was a recruiter coming into that and I have a hiring manager, it would be great to get in front of a hiring manager before they've even done their job description. They you tell me, they, yeah, they yeah. have a need. All right, let's do our intake and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you think about this the way that is going to make the most sense for you to write a job description for you to hire and for me to go out and find you someone. Now, your intake is basically your job description or my your intake. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. the way that my intake works, it's about a three page document. It outlines everything from why this role's here. Is it new? Is it a backfill? Where like sourcing criteria are they target companies, projects, schools, referrals, anything like that? Okay. And then what the actual process looks like. The bulk of the time that I spend, and by process, I mean is there technical screening? Do you need whiteboarding? Is there a presentation? Is there going to be remote opportunities? Are we going to fly? So there are hoops you have to jump through. Everything. Okay. Is there something for me as a recruiter that I can help to knock people out earlier in the stage? Technical knockout questions or specifics that they've done to say, yeah, we'll actually consider someone. If they haven't done that, you know what? Don't even bother bringing them to me. See, but those need to be tested. Like, oh, yeah. why is that important? Because I think that but people have wire. transferable yeah. skills, yeah. something that's similar that can be brought to the table that actually enhances that person's mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. That person's going to do a better job than hey, I've already done that for the past four years. Right. And you're asking me to come do the same thing again. Yes, I I used to say yes, 100%, until I was hiring at my last company and I was like, had the same pushback and I was hiring for a senior DevOps engineer. Okay. So we're going through and I actually built this scorecard there first and tested it. And luckily I was using technical and non-technical. So I had a a good proof of concept. And the, the main bulk of it was like, look, we need someone who's migrated from a physical data center to the cloud using nothing but infrastructure as code. And I was like, why? Why can't we just, you know, there's tons of DevOps engineers out there. And again, DevOps is such a loosely used term. So but I was like, why is someone who's gone, who's done that before going to come here and want to do it? And it was like, well, this is the rest of the stuff. If they've done that, this is what they have the ability to do or should have the ability to do or foresight to do all the technologies they've looked into. But this is the original body of work. And then we're looking forward to the next one. Okay, so then they're providing a growth path for uh-huh. that person. Okay, it was like, I, I see that. that. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Come in and do that, but you're going to do that with a view of doing this. We're transferring from physical data center to the cloud so we can scale, and then you can use these technologies and we can be cloud agnostic and we can do all of this stuff. So That makes perfect right. sense. I mean, Otherwise, that's it's where like, you have a shoe in because uh-huh. there's probably not a growth path for that person in their current no. role where they can go somewhere else. Right. So there's, right. there's your hook. Me as a recruiter, I'm like, easy. I'm going to speak to all of these people. And if they haven't done that, I know they're not going to be suitable. The tech recruiting is actually much easier. Oh, yes. A lot more black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And people get really confused by it, but it's actually easier than placing a marketing person because it's subjective. Project, product. I read all the content. I'm like, wow, this sounds amazing. This story is amazing. Uh And then you, the other person looks at it and goes, oh God, this is crap. And it's just the way of thinking, you know, can you talk through it? Why did you choose this over this? Is there a better way of doing it? If you have the mindset or even the the way of just reviewing your own code and thinking about like, oh, actually, I'm open to other inputs and I could have done it this way, but this works. How can I optimize it? Most hiring managers or competent hiring managers will say, yes, that's the type of person we want. We sit down and we go, hey, look, at we need this work done. Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Yep. Right. And then you prioritize it. Let's say you have 10 things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize them? As a hiring manager? As, as a recruiter, as a hiring manager, you know, take me through your process of, yeah. okay, what, what's the most so in, important thing to do here okay. and why? Or a lot of that comes out when I'm building the scorecard with okay. the hiring manager. So the sections that I'll have, 
I'll have like a golf scorecard. <laughs> Almost <laughs> my 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 scorecard. T- it has about five sections on it. One is uh, core competencies or candidate okay. profile. That's more. I don't want to say softer skills because that's so loose. But it's like if you're in a leadership role, is it cross functional? Are you going to have to have strong influencing skills? Do you have to manage up? Are you presenting to execs? Presenting to a board? Things like that. That some people have the polish or the experience to do, or even if they haven't done it before, do they show the abilities to do that sort of stuff, got right? It. Because if you come from a very small startup where every like you've got 20 people and everyone's technical, if you're talking to your investors or your board or whatever, and now you're internally in a bigger company and you've got board members, board team meetings on site, things like that, how are you going to represent your department in that? that? That's the softer side. The sure. bulk of it is the minimum and the must-haves and this is wouldn't the software side also be culture yes and no i always test for culture throughout a process so we would define and culture is always a hard thing to define right you most startups are like working well, ambiguity what, and what's like, what's interesting is that once people know the information about your company and they do yeah. their homework they fib they can, they yeah, lie they, like they fit it. themselves yeah. into the culture for right? sure but if you actually are able to gather that information prior to them mm-hmm. knowing it, then you can get a true idea of yeah. whether or not they're going to fit in the culture. We can just, yeah, we can go down the rabbit hole of candidate qualifications because <laughs> I love that as well. We but, got like eight episodes. Right. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, I mean, the, the profile, the competencies, yes and no culture, but I find that every team within a company has their own culture. So this, the, the core competencies has to fit into that team and that role's culture specifically because the leader of the team group project may be slightly different to the team members and that's okay and that's needed right but fitting into the whole company as a whole like you can come in and be like i'm a rock star i know everything blah 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 and in a company that's very like you know chill but i think it's more about the cultural values in alignment oh yeah then because you're going to have some people that are oddballs that still fit into the culture but they're just yeah. And they probably bring a lot more to the table because you just really don't want a whole culture of the well, same, same person. People, no, I, I I read something. I can't remember the company that has it. But the mindset that they have is more of a culture add instead of a culture fit. And I always like to think yeah. about it like that. Who's going to add to the company, to the culture, to the teams in a positive way instead of take away from it or be disruptive? So that's just so, on that section. Uh, but, I, I, but I think that's an important piece that needs to be put into a job description oh, yeah. is really understanding what your values are first, mm-hmm. but then also taking those values and making sure that your job description is in alignment with it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, you don't want them to You're be contradicting. Yeah, as well. And then I will focus a lot on the, the main must-haves for the role. And it's not, like you said, must-have five years of experience doing this or... A lot of this is how to change people's <laughs> way of thinking. Because if you have, I don't want to say old school, but traditional or... Oh, it's or old school. I, old school. And I'm, I'm from that old yeah. school generation. I mean, I've had people say, well, you know, and I'm sorry, but he's, I need somebody who's got four years of this and he's only got three and a half. And yeah. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've exactly. ever heard in my life. And it, the way that I, I was saying take people's or change people's mindset, the way of thinking, because any role, you have someone who's recruited for 10 years next to someone else who recruited for 10 years or been a software engineer for 10 years, doesn't make them better than each other or as good as. It's what have you done in that time, right? What have you produced? What's your way of thinking? Clearly people who have a couple of years experience that are probably better than 90% of the 10 to 20 year veterans. Oh yeah, of course. Especially the way, the speed that technology is moving right now, or even if it's not a technical role in marketing, social media, right? Think about the blow up of that over the last few years, but you take someone, a veteran 
who hasn't been in there looking at all the analytics from their Instagram page or anything like that, then they're, they're missing a trick. That's why I, I take the years of experience completely out of it. And I want to think about what are they producing? What do they need to do to add value when they get here initially, which is where that DevOps example comes from. What are they going to be doing now? What do they need to have ability for doing next? So talk me through that. Why do they need this language? Why do they need to do this code? And you just keyed upon something that's really important. Yeah. What they're going to be able to do next. Yes. Yes. This is something that's not in job descriptions. No. So what are you going to do now? Right. What's next? Yeah. And then how am I going to judge you against that work? Right. Putting in some performance benchmarks. I'm a huge proponent of that. Never see job descriptions with that. You don't. Yeah. You. I, I really But when like I send that. them yeah. to, to people who are potentially interested in the company, they're like, wow, you guys sat down and took the time to do uh -huh. this? Yeah. Well, so that I get to do this, and then I get to do this, and then after that, it's this. Right. And they get really excited about it. Of course. That's yeah. how you gain emotional buy-in. Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't take that much time. It's like an hour exercise for me to sit down with my companies and go, okay, what are we working on first? Mm -hmm. I'll get four, four or five things. What yeah. needs to be accomplished? Great. Now let's prioritize them. Great. Now that we've prioritized them, where's the career path here? Because that's exactly. what you're selling right exactly. now. Exactly. And yeah, what does success look like in this role? But not only is that valuable for you as a recruiter and for the candidate, but the hiring manager, a lot, 95% of the time I come out of a conversation like this and the other 5% of the time it's because I've had the conversation already, but that 95% of the time they say, this has been super helpful. This has been valuable. I need to edit my job description. I had, I didn't think about it like that. It's 30 minute time slot. It always goes over because there's, you know, there's these conversations have legs. There's yeah. so much information that can come out because no one's helping you think that way. And you're not, I mean, it's not your fault. Again, you don't know what you don't know. You think about it like, I have this headcount, I have this need, let me go out and get it. But let's think about it a little bit longer term or from a different angle. And how are we going to help us hire the right person? How am I going to help my interview panel interview this person effectively? It's just like architecting the work. It's just another step in sitting down. It doesn't take that long. Answer the what it is and why. Yeah. And that's really what's going to attract people to your company. For sure. And for sure. Yeah. And that's how you write a job description. <laughs> Would you be willing to share that document yeah. with yeah, the yeah. community? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. That'd be cool. We'll, yeah. we'll post that in the show notes. And then Perfect. that gives somebody something they can yeah. kind of plug in and I'll look at. Yeah, I'll send it to you um, <clears throat> after this. I have one as well. And if anybody's interested, I say just send me an email <laughs> after you subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> and, and I'm happy to send you any of my documentation too, because I'm I'm like that. We're getting close on time. What um, what would be the key takeaway that you'd want people to extract from this? I think we, we touched on it a bit earlier, but it's changing the way of thinking, helping people change the way of thinking. So if you're a recruiter, helping a hiring manager change their way of thinking or a hiring manager changing their own way of thinking about this, if you think about it, like as a hiring manager, I would never want to see a candidate from a recruiter that hasn't been spoken to, hasn't been properly qualified, and I don't know anything about their aspirations or their needs or how are they going to Rank well, we there. should we should say that there's a difference. There's a recruiter and then there's order takers. Oh, yeah. And yeah. We, most of the industry is order takers. I would not want to see resumes, candidates, or even be involved in a process from order takers because there's yeah. no control, there's no clarity, and there's no there's no ability to close. No, your, it's just your paper success, shifting. Exactly. And on the flip side, as a recruiter or even as a candidate, think about it from the candidate side of it. Would you want to be involved in a process that hasn't had that proper care or time to qualify it? A candidate qualification and a job qualification are as important as each other. Absolutely. The hiring manager, it's its difficult for you to make the right hire. Forget making a hire. You, anyone can make a hire. You can throw money at the problem. You can change your job, job description title, whatever you want. But making the right hire 
for you, for your business, for your team takes some time. And it's so, so critically important. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap up today with quote. Our quote is, there are no secrets to success. It is a result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Any idea who said that? No. Colin Powell. Greg, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. You're at a new company. Uh, what's the best way in which people can reach you and find out more about you? They can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, request me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Greg Tarusian. That's T-O-R-O-O-S-I-A-N. It's the double O's that threw me off. Yeah, it is. It's, it's confusing. Tarusian. Um, also, <laughs> I should have said it like that. Greg Tarusian. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Twitter uh, at Tarusian and uh, you can send me an email greg.trucian at sweetgreen.com Perfect. And you're going to be speaking at the ERE conference coming up on April 24th too. I am. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to that. To, yeah. You and I are both doing that. Perfect. Alright, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer Paul Roberts, woo! <laughs> our producers Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. We need it. <laughs> All right, you can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or you can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow me as well on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Tevis Trower. She's the CEO of Balance Integration Corporation. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 